Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. We're closing out the October horror run of the Class of 1999 series with one of the biggest box office surprises of the year as well as one that cast a long shadow over the horror genre over the years, as well as in the way independent uh, cinema operates in general. Um, it is the Blitter Witch Project, and joining me to discuss the film is a writer and director. He directed um, 2050, which we talked about earlier this year. He also helped me uh, go through Spike Lee's Summer of Sam for the Class of 1999 series. Um, please be joined once again by Princeton Holt. Thank you very much for joining me. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Pretty good. Awesome, this, it, it's funny because of the fact that horror... This this was a really strange year at the box office. I don't know if when the last time you checked um, Box Office Mojo or something like that to see what like the top earners from that year were. But it was a Dude. really wide variety of movies. It wasn't like we have now, where it's primarily uh, family movies and action blockbusters. It's a pretty wide net with um, Famous Lean the Way, and then The Sixth Sense was actually second at, at the Blair domestic Witch? box office, which is stunning. To Blair, they were second to Blair Witch? They were second to Fam Menace for the year. Oh, Blair, Witch okay. did, Blair Witch did do very well, and uh, the I I remember first hearing about the film coming out of Sundance because it really it it really was something that had a big impact on the people who watched it at Sundance. And I know that Arson, who produced who distributed the movie, um, mm -hmm. bought it at Sundance, and then they. This was probably the first real example of a film utilizing the internet to sell the movie. It is. In a really profound way, because one of the things they did when they set up the website, they set up teaser trailers, they made the Blair Witch Project seem like it was real. Like, it was a documentary that just went horribly wrong. And right. I think by the time I saw it that summer, I knew that it obviously wasn't. It was just a gimmick, but I you still kind of feel that in the film. When when did you first see Blair Witch Project? I was caught up in the uh, I was caught up in the hype, like everybody else. Um, I was uh, going to college. I was uh, uh, going to college in Massachusetts, and I remember. Uh, my tight buddy, my, my 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 one of my one of my closest friends, and and I, his his wife had had um, she knew that we were talking about this movie the whole time, so she watched the kids, and and, and he and I went out. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think we might have been stupid enough to hit a hit a bong or something. You know how college is, <laughs> and then and then I think we and then we drove out there, and. Uh, and uh, he, you know, he was talking tough, and I, you know, I was just there to see what this, what this movie as an independent filmmaker, you know, it's like I got to see what all the hype was. 
I had no, I didn't expect for us to be so freaked out. Yeah. And then afterwards, we drove back in the woods, drove back in the woods, and got, I think we got lost and we were freaking out. So we had an experience, man. Uh, we had an experience in the, the movie. I think it freaked him out a little bit more than it freaked me out, but it still freaked me out. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed it, but I was lucky enough to see it on a big screen and mm-hmm. it was a packed theater. Oh yeah, and I was I was the same way because I I remember it it went limited it was in limited re- it started out in limited release it opened I know in Atlanta the same week as Eyes Wide Shut so oh. I saw Eyes Wide Shut on Friday Jesus oh um, my god and then Monday the Monday I was taking summer classes I was in college as well I was taking summer classes at Georgia State. And I and after my classes on Monday, I went out. I went to the Terra Four Theater in Buckhead to go see it. It w- that was the only place it was. I had seen plenty of movies at Terra, and I, it's it's a small, nice little theater. It's one of the more iconic theaters in uh, Atlanta's history. I I don't think I've ever seen it as busy as it was the opening that Monday of Blair Witch Project. The Monday. I think they had it on two screens, and it was in one... I saw it in one of the largest theaters in there, which holds about, I don't know, 400 or so. And I was five rows from the front. Of the screen, I it's one of the one of the time one of the few times I've been that close watching a movie. I usually try to be yeah. there enough time to, you know, get somewhere get the middle in the middle. But yeah. I was I was like five rows from the front watching the Blitter Witch Project, and it freaked it like you. It freaked me out. <laughs> like it, it really and being that close and having that energy. In oh the my theater, god! There's nothing like it. Was what was the reception? Was uh when you were watching it, were were people reacting to the jump scare in unison? I uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting because of the fact that Terra is the the Terra is basically an art house theater, so right. it it gets a different clientele than you know regular multiplexes. But yeah. it was definitely a different clientele for Blair Witch because A, it's a horror movie. B, it was the only one that was the only theater showing it at the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I if I remember correctly, yeah, people were, you know, people were reacting to the jump scares and the just just the it's it's claustrophobic to a certain extent. The, the right. movie is, and that's. It's a great credit to the filmmakers and everybody who made it because of the fact that they made this movie. It's, it's basically it's a Lost in the Woods movie, and it's it feels and it's it's very oppressive in the way that it puts you right in there. The documentary form, which now we consider quote unquote found footage, is is really a great way of putting, telling this story. It really was the best way to tell this story. Correct. Absolutely. 
uh, and for sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how much the movie cost, and I can't remember the format. Um, did did they shoot that in thirty five? Um, or was this was one of the first? Was this one of the first uh, sort of videotape films? I want to say it was. I want to say it was videotape and Super Eight. I I can't remember what was. I think uh, you're right. I think I can't remember what was filmed on because yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was 35 millimeter. But I think that was a part of the story. The folklore also for filmmakers. Um, at that time, I think the folk that was a part of the folklore was that it, um, oh, let me see. I think for the part of the folklore was that it was, is the format is shot on? I'll check right quickly. Yeah. I don't want to, but yeah, um, 60 grand (laughs) is, is, is the, is that's phenomenal. And it grows 140. 140 in the U.S., yes. which I can now see you telling me that if Blair Witch was further down in the box office, I can see that because yeah. 140, their 140 was gradual. Yeah. Um, and then the 250 was worldwide. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see, you know, I can see there it taking a while to sort of to hit that mark. Oh, yeah. And the fact that that and the fact that the movie basically made over a hundred million world uh, outside the U S is actually kind of remarkable when you consider the, the type of movie it is. And the fact that I know. horror doesn't necessarily do that. I mean, some, we, we have seen more horror movies doing well outside of the U S, but it feels like it feels not like, like that. Not, <laughs> not in that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, Not like that. Uh, and for a long time, it was the most successful independent film of all time until I think Passion of the Christ a few years later. So they, so right, so so they shot like you're right. They used they used the uh, uh, high eight. Okay. Um, but then they shot they shot it on sixteen black and white. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the black and white scenes, the color scenes were, uh, I believe, shot on, um, I want to say they used the 8, and they switched back and forth between high 8 and the 16 with black. They used the 16 millimeter for black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, so for 60, that is a, that's, a, that's a lot. That is unreal, right, to, 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 you, to be shooting, to shoot a documentary, a fake documentary on yeah. film. And and then have all that you know have whatever went into it and it only cost them sixty grand and that's outside of food, sound, lighting, yeah. travel, and for them to do that for sixty grand is remarkable because if they would have shot this on digital video, they could have essentially made Blair Witch for basically nothing. Right. Yeah. And so that that's a, that's got to be I don't know why that's not the it is it's very highly uh, influential. Uh, film for horror filmmakers, especially mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, we're, we're, of course, we'll get into this naturally soon. But um, you know, the it spawned so many similar titles. You know. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, basically, found fo- it's funny because of the fact that um, you know, Paranormal Activity. I I think a lot of people point to uh, Paranormal Activity as 
the the film that sort of kickstarted the modern idea of found footage. But it's like uh, Blair Witch was there a decade before. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the thing is, it's funny because both films essentially built word of mouth out of yeah. the ways that you know the ways that they were shown to people and the way they marketed it and you know yeah. it's it's funny that both films kind of did that even and i mean blair witch project is i think blair witch is still probably one of the best uses of the internet to market a film listen i think it's a all right so you can you can yeah definitely paranormal activity is blair witch 2.0 yeah. um in every sense of the they it's franchised uh, it was made by an independent filmmaker. Then Hollywood came and stepped in and made it huge. They did a slow burn. It is a textbook, and no other no other found footage film has has performed anywhere as close to those two. Oh, no. There's been a ton of them. Yeah. There's been a ton of them, but none of them were franchised. None of them really 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 had that impact. Um, and you know, paranormal. Just I, I think I don't think it it, it it I think it's dead. It's dead now because the audience can't stand it. Yeah. Uh, from what I see, I, I can't speak to it. I, I are you a you're are you a horror fan? Um, I'm. I. Not it, it's it's not my first love of genre, but the fact of the matter is, I've over the years I've gotten more and more into horror, and I've gotten more and more of an appreciation for the different the different ways people bend the genre and twist the genre to uh, tell different types of stories and stuff. I nominally, yes, I am a horror fan. Um, I, well, it, I came to nothing. it late, though. Go ahead. I came to it late. Okay. Interesting. Well, I ask that because if you're, you know, diehard horror fans are, you know, this is a touchy film for them. This is paranormal. Yeah. They like they like snub their nose at it. Um, so... I that's, that's another that more proof that I'm not a real horror fan because uh, I thought Blair Witch was phenomenal. Um, for my money, Blair Witch is by far the best one. Blair Witch is is, is better than all of them. Yeah, <laughs> um, Blair Witch to me is a fantastic film, and I'll tell you why. Um, it forget the bells and whistles and what it makes you feel like. I mean, they they did their job. The the the, the, the woods are a character. You yes. Know? Um, and, and I guess successful, it's hard to make a successful found footage film if you're only chasing, waiting for the demon or the monster or whatever yeah. is coming to get you. Um, whereas the woods are this wide open space. And I guess that, that's how we felt claustrophobic. I was sitting like you close to the screen well, with my friend. Um, the woods are, 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 are the character. That's the yeah. main character. And it's frightening because you're in the middle of the woods. I didn't see there was no entrance. There's no entrance to the exit scene, right. right? So when you're looking at it, you're just stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> when we yeah. get there, we're just there, you know, and we're just there the whole time, and it's dark, and it's oh, man, on top of that, it's black and white. Oh my god, man, it's just you're stuck out there, and then they're going crazy. But the thing that nobody talked about about Blair, which is the performance. Yeah. Well, in the so, thing- I mean. And, and to a certain extent, I kind of, uh, to a certain extent, I kind of understand that because of the fact that it's like, it it feels they're they're too natural to a certain extent. It's like it doesn't feel like performances. It feels like 
people in a situation where they're, you know, they're lost in the woods and they react accordingly. And then I, I think the thing is, is this is one of those movies where there was a very direct backlash to the film. And I okay. think part of it is because of the fact that it's like you had the scene where Heather's character is sobbing in the tent. A year later, that was parodied in the Blair Witch Pro in Scary Movie. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. became it it to a certain it didn't take long for the movie to become a joke to people, and that's okay. It and it's unfortunate because you're right; the performances are really good and. I know Heather Donahue's character performance was one of the ones that I really responded to because you see you see the character break down as the movie progresses because at mm-hmm. first she's in control, she's confident, she knows what she's doing. The longer they're in the woods, you start to see that veneer come come apart. You start to see right. that come apart and that's one of the things that's so interesting about but because of the fact i think to a certain extent um it's almost like they they did too good of a job of making it look like a documentary and i think that's part of why the performances kind of that that's another part of why the performances didn't really get the respect that they really should have right 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 (laughs) Those are those were, but if you compare it to the other found footage films, it's not. Oh, yeah. it doesn't, I mean, nothing stands. Nothing stands close. The paranormal people, nothing. Um, yeah. You don't. You don't see. I mean, I can't remember. Of, but I can't. I mean, these are performances. Not just her. Just not. Not just Donahue, but Josh. Yeah. Exactly. And Josh just loses his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. They. He's. He's. I mean, you know. They. So the first thing I guess we can attribute to that is the fact that there was no script. Yes. Um, I think that that helps. <laughs> you know, when I think about it, I always think, I was like, wow, that would be an interesting way to make a movie. I've made a, a, a couple of features that had no script. Um, and, as, as, you know, one as a producer, one as a director producer. Yeah. Uh, I never, never, I think, to do it <laughs> in a genre. You know? <laughs> uh, so I'm imagining what it, what it would be like to just scare the shit out of your actors and then not. Uh, you know, and then not tell them where they go, what's going to happen, and have them react. You know, right? So that that, that helps the performances. And I'm, I mean, at every almost every time I've seen people use the no script technique, a lot of times those performances are enhanced by that. Yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely right about the 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 force basically being a character in the movie. It is the fourth character in the movie. Um. And it's the most important one because of the fact that I, I love movies. I I to okay. I I love the idea of movies set in desolate places where okay. there's no one around to help you, where there's and and as somebody who was a Boy Scout and who went camping and stuff like that. The allure of that as a terrifying location is kind of enhanced. And I, I like right. the idea of and I mean I'm I'm 
I never really got scared camping, but at the same time, <laughs> the idea of camping can be extremely scary. And it's because it of is. the fact that the woods, you're in nature. So anything can happen. And I like the fact that it's interesting because yeah, of the fact that you look at uh you you would think that they would come across uh different animals and stuff like that in a movie like this. It's actually yeah, it's probably one of the more unrealistic aspects of this movie is that they don't really come across <laughs> no animals. animals. But at the same time, that's what makes it so creepy. And yeah, where are the animals at? <laughs> and it adds to the fact that well, maybe say there's some truth to these stories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because wasn't the what part of the folklore is that they didn't have is that is, is, is something about the animals? Did they ever reference it or no? Um, I think they there was something about hunters early on in the something? movie. Okay. Who had seen her, but um yeah, other than that, I don't remember there being too much of a reference. So oh, they didn't reference it at all. But uh yeah. but, but still I mean, character. Yeah. But yeah, the force is such I mean, if if you have a filmmaker if you're a filmmaker who shoots in who sets sets in the force, it's like I, I think you're and you don't utilize just how alone and desolate and kind of intimidating the forest can be as a location. I, I, I think you're doing something wrong. And I mean, I, you know, it's like one of my favorite recent horror movies is the witch. And it's because of the fact that, uh, Robert Eggers has, has these characters, um, basically on the outskirts of society. And they're like they went out into the, you know, they went out into a more desolate, a, a more uh, alone place as far as the woods and stuff like that, and so, and so they're isolated from places from anybody. Right. Any horror that happens there, it will take it will take them some time to get somebody to possibly help them and. That's one of the better uses of it, I think. I mean, if you know, there was a Netflix movie a couple of years ago, The Ritual, that's set in the woods, and it's like, oh, this is interesting, but I didn't think it took advantage of it in quite the same way a movie like Blair Witch did. No, no. Um, and and you see a lot less, less is more, as Titchcock yeah. used to say. Um but that's still enough, and you just never know where things are coming from. And whenever you get some good jump scares in the middle of the woods in the, in the dark, mm-hmm. uh, you got you, you have the audience. And this is before we got over. You know, I think they also benefited from. I was reading somewhere they also they 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 benefited from the fact that this is before everything is a home video now. Yeah. This is before the age of YouTube, where everything is found footage, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're used to that aesthetic now of following somebody around on a camera, people going viral by, you know, just, uh, just sort of aiming their camera at whatever they're doing and yeah. following themselves or following other things or other people. Um, this is before that influx. So, mm. um, I mean, this, this, you look, you feel like you're looking at a documentary, whereas now you got to come, if you're to pull out, it'd be very difficult to pull that off now. Mm. Um, 
And that's why Paranormal Activity, to their credit, found had no choice but to find other creative ways to do it. And what they, they, they put together a film, um, at least the, the sequel, um, yeah. was, was with uh, security cameras. Yeah, um, which is a natural a natural progression because what else are you going to do with the shaky cam? Because these two films are already hit it out the park, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, and and you're absolutely right about paranormal activity because of the fact that yeah, it was there there once we have a world where I mean I have a camera with me at all times. It's called my phone. Right. So I can, you know, if if I want to, I can videotape myself, you know, walking around. And, I mean, this is funny because of the fact that, like, you know, cell phones in this case were still in their infancy. And, right. I mean, we hadn't, they weren't as ubiquitous as they would be in a couple of years. So a couple of years later, you couldn't necessarily do the Blair Witch the same way. I mean, we saw that in... I don't know. Did you ever see the reboot that came out a few years ago? Blair Witch? Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting update of the movie. It it there are things about it that aren't as good. Um, but it I think it it takes some of the challenges of doing a movie like the Blair Witch Project in a modern era where GPS exists, where uh, cell phones are with us at all times and stuff like that, it, it takes right. it into an interesting direction and the way you do that type of story is interesting. It's, right. it's not as successful as the Blair Witch Project, but it's certainly better than the sequel that was rushed out a year later. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we can. Um, what do you think of the marketing in this in Blair Witch? I I think that it's safe to say it's because of the fact that you did not have the if this wasn't wrapping buses and putting posters up or anything like that. Right. This was using it. This is using something that hadn't even been fully utilized yet. This is using the internet, and this is in the Dallas era. Yeah. Okay. This is no no. This <laughs> is you know. This is no Wi. This is no Wi-Fi. No, no. I mean, this was no. You know, there, there was no speed. This is Dallas area. Right. Uh, time to 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 be able to pull this off. I think it's one of the greatest marketed films of all time. If I not agree ever. with that. If not ever, and yeah. the, the, the length and 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 if, if other people, if you look back on what other people who have tried this and not have been and and weren't successful uh, did. It's the more you believe, the better the marketing of it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to believe these people were were were. I mean, the, they they went the extra step, which is at Sundance, the posters had something had had the actors as missing or deceased. Yeah, yeah. And then they found a way. Imagine not taking your actors on on a, on your press promo tour. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've I've worked with a lot of actors. I couldn't imagine talking into it. Hey, listen, you're <laughs> going to play dead, and you're going to keep. And you can't get away with that these days in the cell phone, Instagram era, anyway. Oh God, no, no. So they they so yeah they you got to give them props for that. They took it all the way. They even said that they had the worst. I mean, they they took it so far that they did not <laughs> reveal the actors. They 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 made them like it was like they were dead. Okay? Yeah. 
that's going hardcore. Uh, and then, you know, and then there's the whole thing about it, is it real? And then going to use the internet to sort of create this whole backstory. Just genius, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And very little I money. wasn't, I yeah. was, and the thing is, it's like I wasn't on the internet so much to where the, the internet marketing was something that I was, I'd heard about it, but I wasn't necessarily like, looking at it and I wasn't necessarily right. into it quite as much. But no, mm-hmm. I would I would say I, I think you're right. It is probably one of the, if not the best marketed movie of all time. And it goes back to I can't think well and it goes back to, you know, I I'm I'm having the uh image of the uh trailer for Psycho. Okay. In in my head. Where it's like Alfred Hitchcock's basically taking you along the set of the Bates Motel, and he's showing you different clues and different things to keep an eye out for in the movie. And then the genius thing that when that movie came out, you were like, basically theaters had to say, okay, if you're late to this movie, you're you're not getting into this movie. And the reason is because of the fact that if you go in too late... You miss you the first you, kill. You you miss the the most significant piece of information you're you're gonna get in that movie, which is the death right. of Janet Lee. Yeah. And um so it's one of those things that I mean, yeah, the, the marketing I mean, the marketing is comparable to that when it comes to Blur Witch. And yeah, you're you're right. It's like the idea that they kept it up. The way that they, the idea that they kept up that idea that this was all real as much as they did, I forgot about the fact that they didn't take the actors on um, on the promo on tour. the promo tour, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about that, and it's like that makes sense because of the fact that how else are you going to do it? It's it's one of those things where the film is the film it's it's a film where the film itself is the star and really the filmmakers are were the stars more than the actors the actors were right. essentially props for them yeah <laughs> yeah and they could yeah it's like who who interesting interesting like i don't know i'd be so curious to wait wait so who goes out with the movie if the people? Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. So the the filmmakers were they the film the the the, 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 the I don't did the actors actually shoot that footage? Why? I think they did. Did the actors shoot the footage? They, that that they actually shot the footage yeah, I in think the movie. They did. Yeah, and and the film and the and that. Uh, and then they leave them. I think they left them or something. And then they would come in and they would dro- they would drop stuff on the site and yeah. and mess with them and then go back. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're, film, yeah, no, the, yeah, you're absolutely right. And yeah, then, so the editors put it together. Yeah, yeah, you're Jeez, absolutely man. right. Um, the editors no, and the producers I, I put it together. That. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. So they they basically made the damn movie. And now they can't come out on the promo tour <laughs> because of the marketing. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> That's and, oh my god. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. You're absolutely right, though. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where it's it was such a there's so many 
different little strokes of genius in the way that this movie is this the way this movie was made and the the fact that there's not really a soundtrack the fact that there's not really a score to it nope like that's in you know I'm somebody who I absolutely love movie soundtracks I love film scores um I I actually own this soundtrack uh, and I I love that the the soundtrack actually tied into that idea of they're real because of the fact that they called it Joshua's mix, and um, there there but there's no music here, and there doesn't need no. to be, and that's that's one of the things that makes it so effective because of the fact that when music can be certainly effective in telling a story. Not using music when done properly is even more. It's just as effective. Yeah, yeah. You don't have that emotional blueprint to how you're supposed to feel. Yeah, and then you sometimes like I, you know, as you know, this I'm a music guy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and for in terms of film, that's what attracted me to film is the use of. I I was attracted to film by the marriage of music and and image. Yeah, Uh, that's really what I responded to. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, my favorite filmmakers are obviously the guys who do that. But I also love many that don't. And yeah. uh, I got, um, I think um, you're right. And you're right. A lot of times, uh, music is used to sort of inform the audience what to feel. And I'm not gonna lie, it works for me all the damn time. Okay. Yeah. For when you for gump music, everything works on me. I get emotional every time. Mm-hmm. Castaway is the worst. They don't even use a lot of music, but when they do, you're like falling your ears, you're falling yeah. your eyes out, you know what I'm saying? Because when he's, especially that, when he, you know, that, that score they use when he finally gets escaped off the island and he, and he looks up yeah. at what he just overcome, what, what he overcame. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That, that gets you every time, but not using music. Uh, is a a ballsy choice. And you're right, they did not use music here. And and the thing about found footage films is, you know, it's supposed to be bare bones. You know, it's supposed to be just stripped down. Right. um, What you're supposed to be watching is real. And it it really felt like we were watching something that really happened. Yeah, and I, I, there really, I feel like there probably have been some found footage movies that have used score, but I don't think like any of them really do and it's partially because they're trying to go for the effect of you know being real and being you know documentaries but at the same time i mean you i i do you know we i can't help but think like there's so many just not good ones beyond blair witch project and uh paranormal activity and it's it's not necessarily because of the fact that they're doing found footage. It's because they one of the more disappointing ones I think I've ever personally seen, and it's because I'm fascinated by the subject, is Chernobyl Diaries, which was a studio film. It was a studio-produced movie, and I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by Chernobyl. I've always been fascinated by Chernobyl. And, um, like... I couldn't help but feel like they completely it like they basically tried to turn it into a monster movie and it they did so many of the tricks that you see in Blair Witch Project and it's like 
they you you had the perfect opportunity to do like one of the one of the great found footage movies by saying it in one of the most horrific man-made dis- disasters in history and yet you completely just turned it into a monster movie and it's like really <laughs> it doesn't help that the characters are annoying it doesn't help that like the filmmaking style is so familiar at that point, but you know, it's like figure out the type of movie that you're, you're dealing with when you do something like that. Right. Yeah. I I didn't see the movie that I didn't see what you're referencing. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, man, it's, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard. You mentioned annoying characters. I don't, I didn't find where which that's another thing it has going for it. It does not have annoying characters. No. Um, I I think my wife and I when we first my when I can, I'm sorry to keep um, comparing it to to paranormal, but no. Um, but paranormal had my wife and I saw the first one because we wanted to see what all the hype was about. Right. right. And she she's the biggest scaredy cat. She she um <laughs> she 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 could barely sit through to get out. Yeah. She, imagine that. <laughs> get out was too much for her. Okay. Yeah. So they, I'm just setting, setting it up. Get out is like a, is like a B thriller, you know, your standard no, jump scare thriller, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like the scariest thing. It, it was like a thriller, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's like thriller, but it freaked her out. So I'm just setting the stage, but we watched the first one and I mean, we were like, that, that's what all the, all the hype about. I mean, they're kind of annoying, and yeah. and we found the characters annoying. And then when they came, and then we said, let's watch the second one because at this time they had already made the, the sequel. Second one was so freaky to us because of the, the technique of using the found footage. Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do shaky footage. They did security cam footage. Yeah, uh, and we were so scared, and the jump scares were so taking us off. That we spoke, we talked, we laid in bed and talked through the entire movie mm-hmm. to to offset the fear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, that was the only way to get through it because we didn't we didn't want to be be blindsided. <laughs> but again, the, the 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 second one I guess got to it better because they they the, the, the two main characters were not the focus. Yeah. That those the two original main characters they were annoying us annoying as hell to us. But by the second one I think they focused on they focused on another couple. Yeah. More more. And they well, were not annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the the thing is, it's like the third one, which I think was like the last the, decent one in the series. That was amazing. Amazing. It, it was. That it was. Movie. Um. You know, it was them as kids. It was the two do- sisters as because the 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 main female characters in the first two movies are sisters, and right. so in the third one, you see them as kids dealing with it. And that one is right. like like you said about the second one is another example of them using different ideas and different things beyond the handheld video camera and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. To, oh to my set God. up the terror. And three. Oh my goodness! Yeah. The third one, Brian, is is like I'm. This is like what this is the best that you can do with found footage. We're going to put out. Every possible thing. We're gonna stick a camera on the on the 
on the fan? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly I mean, what I was thinking about because that is... Then the, <laughs> yes. That the scene with the girl running up the steps when she, when she says, you promise, and she, and she stands on the ledge and you, you see nothing next to her. She turns next to her and she goes, you promise? Okay. And she takes a leap off of the banister oh, and man. a couple seconds later you see her run back upstairs. Okay. Yeah. So whatever she, whatever she said, do you promise? <laughs> caught her. Yeah. Okay. So that I was like, holy shit! I could not believe what I was looking at. So they, mm-hmm. again, they took it to the next level. And this is how many years you have two decades to to figure it out. Um, and 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 Blair Witch, I think they Blair Witch. If you remember in the end, towards the Towards the, tell me if you remember this. Towards the big climax, there's a lot of shuffling when yeah. they start running. Yeah. And for a minute, you don't know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And when the, when the girl, when Heather first appears in white with that cat, I don't know what I'm looking at because that's the <laughs> first time we see her fully in that outfit. Yes. And, it, and the camera just sort of swipes by her in a way. And she, like, runs in front of the camera. And it's shaky. And in the first time you see it, like, whoa, what's that? Oh, that's Heather. We must be running towards her. And then you don't see anything. And it gets dark. Filmmakers these days would not. You couldn't do that nowadays. Because people would be so busy on trying. I mean, it's. I don't think it's something that can really be replicated a lot. That's just the problem. Um, it, you, I think you can only have a couple versions of Blair Witch. And that's yeah. it. Like, you can't. You can't keep doing that because it's unique. It's very unique. And oh, yeah. uh, that's the thing. They get, like you said, they get a bad rap and there's backlash. Uh, it's backlash, but there should be, I think the backlash comes from the parody. And if it was as a standalone piece of work, I think it would have been much higher respect, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like the, the scene that it, it's funny because of the fact that, like, we, we were talking about how basically the directors would come out, they would leave stuff for them. And mess with them and stuff like that. And that's basically part of how they made the movie. The the scene, um, the scene where they are where you, they hear rustling and people, you know, messing with the tent and stuff like that. Uh, it's the second or third time it happens in the movie. I can't remember. And then they leave. Mm-hmm. They leave the tent and they take the cameras with them, and then. Like Heather oh screams out, it's like, oh my god, what the fuck is that? Oh my god, what right. is that? And oh, you, because you they're screaming. And even though you can't see anything, you swear you probably <laughs> see something, because they like, <laughs> because they're because by that point you, it's hard not to be convinced that something is in fact happening with them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that, that that that's the technique of they just screw with them, and yeah. uh, you know they they said that they 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 just didn't you know the the uh, Josh and said hey man they screw with us and they they made us crazy and uh, they would come in and out and we didn't know we were told that that was going to happen and um, they I think the filmmakers did a great job at preparing the filmmakers ahead of time like this is going to be an yeah. experience this is going to be you know this is going this is going to be this is what we're doing. And uh, they agreed to it. And look, look, look at look how um, look how it paid off for them. <laughs> yeah, and I think the fact that they they frame this as the making of a documentary about the Blitter Witch is is important because of the fact that 
A, it gives them justification to have the cameras and the sound equipment and all of that. And B, it gives you that great opening before they even get into the woods where they're doing the interviews in town. Mm -hmm. And you have all of this different exposition. You see people who believe it, people who don't believe it, people like uh, who are kind of a bit loopy about things. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just a great way of getting exposition. It's a great way of saying the stage. And there are so many things that are, there are so many things that are established in that opening few minutes before they get into the woods and they're in town that you see later. Right. And, and, and the, right. It's the, 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 the climax, the third act climax is, is the payoff for yeah. everything that we've seen prior. So they, I agree. That's some very original. We, we hear the buildup. We get the folklore. We get everything we can about the, the story set mm-hmm. up. And by the, now, and by, by a third act, it's time to enter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and see for ourselves. Yeah, and that's I, I think that's one of the things that distinguishes Blair Witch Project from any other found footage movie, and that includes Paranormal Activity, where this the film's primary purpose, first and foremost, is to tell you a story. With found footage, it's it's not with any movie, with any really great movie, it's not just a matter of oh point and shoot and you know, we're we're gonna take you on this. You know, we're we're gonna put you in this situation with the actors, and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily. Or you're gonna witness this situation with the actors. They're telling you a story, and that mm-hmm. that opening is, and you're you're hearing the story about the Blair Witch, and you're also hearing the story about the kids who are studying the Blair Witch. So it's two Mm -hmm. stories in one. And that, I think, is the thing that... there's a This is the best found footage movie of all time. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, I'm hearing a lot of... I'm hearing a lot of... um, I'm hearing a lot of comparisons to the last broadcast. Yes. Um, I didn't see the last broadcast, and I'm surprised that after I'm usually one when I see a, a, a groundbreaking film, the nerd in me likes to dig up the in the film that inspired it. I yeah. discovered the French Wave because of my obsession with um, Scorsese and Tarantino. Right, and that's how I discovered the French New Wave. Yeah, um, or that gave me the that gave me the um, they gave me the motivation to be like, wow, what that what got him into it? You know, what got him here? And uh, and I fell in love with the French New Wave uh, through that. Um, but the last, I'm surprised we didn't do that with the last with the last broadcast because I keep hearing that as being a main reference. Did yeah, you see that? I was trying to. Re- I've not seen it. I was trying to remember what the name of the movie was because I remember. I do remember articles after Blair Witch came out talking about the bl- last broadcast. How that was a movie that really did found footage first, and it did a few years before that. And I think there was there was a bit of a controversy between during it because of uh, I I think because of the fact that. You know the the makers of the last broadcast kind of felt like they were being ripped off or something, or not given credit for the type of storytelling that the Blair Witch 
uh, filmmakers uh, basically no, they didn't, they didn't made, give a, oh, did wow. so well with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I haven't seen the last broadcast either. Uh, and it we, is online for free. It is on YouTube okay. for free. So for, for our listeners, uh, it, it is on YouTube. The last broadcast is on YouTube for free, I believe, in its entirety mm-hmm. from what I see. But we can look for ourselves and, yeah. and compare it. I also also want to encourage. Uh, I love one of the things I love to do on on these is always give film film lovers uh, a new gem to watch if they haven't seen it. Something obscure. I think last podcast when you and I did um, Summer Sam, uh, I might have no or no 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 I don't know if it was Summer Sam. I, I want to it wasn't Summer Sam. I think it was what we were discussing um, twenty fifty. I believe. Uh, I recommended to you a movie called Coherence um, that yes. was shot similar. Yes. That was shot similar to Blair Witch. Five days in an in an apartment, no script, uh, just clues, a scary sort of subject matter, um, and they got strong performances and, and, and great film uh, out of that in that technique. Well, this time uh, I'm going to encourage your 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 listeners to. Check out a movie and yourself. Check out a movie called The Upper. The Upper. Uh, I think the original title is The Upper Footage. This huh. is a uh, this is a film that 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 had buzz. This is before. This is on a lower scale than the paranormals of the world. The Upper Footage is the first time a very ultra no budget movie got this kind of got the kind of buzz it it did. Strictly for the marketing. Okay. And this kid just this this kid Justin, the filmmaker, um, he he went through a ton of shit trying to do this movie. It's called The Upper. They 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 it's being advertised as horror, but it's not horror. It's more like a thriller, okay. it's like a mystery thriller. Um, and they did the same thing. They had people believing it was real. Um, and to the point, it was so crazy, and it took off so much that the filmmaker had to go on one of the horror blogs in the state and write a letter and say, guys, I have to, I have to tell you, this isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, it's not real, but what happened is he filmed the upper, a a bunch of teen, I guess, early, I guess, teenage, upper teenage kids from the upper echelon in New York city. So they were kind of the elite, um, kids having a party. And it was a, it was a, there was a, there was an overdose. And of one of the kids, and they freaked out, um, and they have to they have to decide what to do with the body. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm okay. not going to spoil it for you. All right. So uh, that was that was so controversial. They had to pixelate one of the main characters' faces. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's how much controversy it was. So um, I have seen this effective this this, this marketing campaign work. Yeah, and I believe. And if this is going to happen again, you have to go all out. You have to do what you have to try to do what Blair Witch did. You have to go for it. You have to try to do it upper there because we do want folklore. We do want something that appears to be real. And it's yeah. very tough to do because the Internet is you can see it, it just exposes everything. So uh, it's tough to pull off in this day mm-hmm. and age unless you find unless you happen to find actors who. Oh, you what did you you said you don't have a Facebook? You don't have a Twitter? You don't have Instagram? Oh, oh I shit. can't imagine how the I, I can't imagine how doing something like this would work now with social with social media being the way it is. It can't. It can't. Yeah. Unless you 
unless you just literally say, I am only going to hire people without social media. Right. The five percent of you in this room or in this city <laughs> that don't have five that don't have it, yeah. you're I'm gonna consider you. Uh so those 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 are those could be or you can probably use it to your advantage and then the person never had or you can do something interesting where they did have a social uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm giving away. I'm giving away a total one here. So I'm not going to. You, you, you know where I'm headed, though. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, the Blair Witch is the best in a lot of things. I think, like you said, best found footage ever. I think we can yeah. agree to that. Um, a best and best, in my opinion, if not the best marketed film, one of the best marketed films of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I, you can make a case. You can say it's a bunch of blockbusters like Star Wars is better, Jaws is better. That's low hanging fruit. But yeah. again, these guys had TV and radio and magazines and newspapers, and the other guys were the first to use a new medium yeah. uh, to to and that cost uh, cost nothing yeah. um, to do what they did. So I, I would call this one, in my opinion, the best one that I've ever heard of. I, I will say, okay, it, this 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 may sound like I'm blowing smoke up your ass for a little bit, but I will say I I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the 2050 social media and the way that links to articles about sex robots and artificial intelligence and stuff like that have been oh, wow. uh, linked, shared on through the Facebook page and Twitter account and stuff like that. I, oh, I wow. really kind of love that because it, it essentially shows in, in that movie. And I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, I'll talk about it in the commentary that I'm doing for 2050. I, I love that. It basically shows that the, the world of 2050 is not as far away as it seems. Right. And and right, that's one right, of the things right. I really like about it. and that and I can't help but think of that when we're talking about the the way that they marketed Blitter Witch Project, the idea that it's it's real. And I think that's it's more it feels like the way I, I feel like to a certain extent studios studios don't really understand I think the they they don't really think outside of a particular box when it comes to promoting their movies. And mm-hmm. I I think that's where independent movies do probably have a leg up because of the fact that they have people you you need to have much more of an impact in order to have an impact if right. you're an independent studio. And so yeah. in order to do that you have to come up with clever ways of tying something into the uh how how do you how do i sell this movie how do i sell the idea of this movie and right i think that's where like studios like um artisan who prom- who distributed blitter witch project they do have to get a lot of credit because of the fact that not only did they do it brilliantly they also did it. Be, they also found a way to change the paradigm, really, of how movies to market. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have tried to have tried to mimic it. Um, yeah. Did, did you see Apollo eighteen? Uh, the Mirror no, Man I movie? did not. I did not see it, but yeah. 
another movie I went to, I somehow convinced my wife to go with me to see. And she was pissed off at me again, uh, you know, because it freaked her out, of course. Yeah. Um, Apollo 18 is, is, uh, is a found footage space movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, remember, I, I remember that hook, but I also heard it wasn't very good. So I, I think that's why I ended up avoiding it. Nobody is going to be is going to get. I think Paranormal Activity, the first one, might have gotten good reviews because yeah. this generation, you, you can you're, again. This is going to happen in another twenty years. So yeah, you can you can come. What happens? You just wait for one generation to get older, and then the new ones come in, and the new ones feel like that's the first time they're seeing. And you've seen this happen over and over again. You've seen this happen where sometimes it's ten years, sometimes it's twenty years. You can reintroduce an idea. You can reintroduce a theme, and it is perceived as the first of its kind. Okay, yeah. and so we've seen Blair Witch, and then seeing it twenty years later, it's easy to be like, "Oh, this is just a Blair Witch knockoff." But if you imagine these kids, I remember going on the internet looking at the comments under the trailer, and every comment was some kid saying, "Is this real? Is this real? <laughs> yeah, is, is is this a real thing?" And I'm my mouth is hanging open. I'm like, "Oh my God!" Not only do these kids. Um, these kids, they're, they're, they haven't seen anything like this. It's, it's working on them, number one. And number two, I can tell by the comments, they want to, 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 to believe that this is real. Right. Right? They want to be convinced that this is real. And that's when you're just like, oh, my goodness, man. So Apollo 18 did similar. It's the same thing. It basically found footage in space. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I don't remember being very good. Um and uh, but they did the same thing. They said this was this is a real thing. This is from government files. They set it up to be, I believe every word. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and in the end, and in the end, they were like, uh, I mean, I didn't believe that. Like I believed it for the movie. I'm like, wow, that sounds good. The government, they have the files, blah blah blah. It's a nice setup. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, they said, for more information on this project. Go to this site immediately, and of course, my dumbass goes right home to go <laughs> log in. And it said this site has been has been seized by the FBI. <laughs> and so I'm like, I told my wife, she's like, "What does it say?" I said, "It's either crashed or the FBI seized it. I don't know which one." <laughs> so, so I uh, so anyway, it, it I, so I didn't know what was what was going on. So that's a genius okay. thing right there. That's a great way to do it, and that's what people have to. I think that you know filmmakers have to remember the marketing. You have to have the right the right movie for that kind of marketing. And yeah. uh, I appreciate the, what you said about 2050. I can't take uh, credit for that. That's a marketing consultant, and uh, it's we, it's we, it's a movie that we keep getting. We're hearing from people of all walks of life, people even that work in mirror. Uh, I heard somebody who's recently who's related to. He's married to someone who works marketing at Paramount, plays mm. the marketing in 2050. So okay. imagine that. So I was like, "Whoa, that's 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 great." You have to have the kind of the kind of product that makes the marketing work. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, you can't put out the the movie about the guy who breaks up with his long lost girl from high school and then try to get a, a an interesting campaign. It's very difficult. If you have something like a Blair Witch that's found footage. You can definitely put piece together a creepy story. Yeah. I hope filmmakers go go forward with continuing to do new things with this genre, um, this specific subgenre of horror movies, and especially as it relates to marketing, because we want to believe things are 
audiences want to believe these things are real. Yeah. Um, believe well, it or not. It's, well, and it's funny because of the fact that as as, as you were talking, I, I completely rem- I finally I I finally remembered another successful found footage movie that we haven't even talked about yet because it it feels like it's it's a mixture of two separate two different genres. Uh, found footage being one and the monster movie being other and that movie is Cloverfield. Oh, Cloverfield. <laughs> and I, I remember the teaser being in front of the first Transformers movie. That shit was amazing. And it's like, what the hell is this movie? And yes. like, it, you, you didn't know. And then by the time it came out, it was like, oh, I've got to see this movie. And the yes. thing is, the and the the weird thing about it is the Cloverfield series, which is a series now, is still kind of doing that right. because they had the Cloverfield paradox last year on Netflix, and they they started dropping commercials during the Super Bowl, or it was two years ago I think the Super Bowl, but we're dropping commercials during the Super Bowl, and it's like oh by the way this movie's coming out after the game. And oh, it's like okay, uh, that's 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 interesting, um, but yeah, the I mean, you know, the the Cloverfield movies are kind of some of them are kind of iffy quality wise, but the fact, but it's it's going back to that idea of utilizing uh, utilizing the internet and social media as marketing tools in ways that we don't necessarily expect. Right. And, right, and right. that was, and it's one of those things where it's like, you're right. Very few out, very few, if any have really done it as well as Blitter Witch Project did. I mean, I, I a couple I was thinking about were uh, AI, the Spielberg film, and then iRobot. They they kind of they because of the nature of their stories with regards to robots and stuff like that, they they tried to do something somewhat um sort of like I I'm trying to describe the best way of putting it. But I mean it wasn't con- it wasn't typical marketing for big genre movies. And uh and with iRobot they, they sort of base it on the Asimov on Asimov's uh, three laws, and I remember some of the uh, web marketing and the posters saying three laws safe and stuff like that, sort of giving you an idea of um, oh wow, you know just just sort of hinting at the ideas of the, within the movie more than promoting the movie itself. Oh wow! And Interesting. So yeah, I mean, you know, so this they, is the online campaign. This is the online campaign. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and and those were a few years after Blair Witch, um, but to get to get back to to bring it back to Blair Witch for a little bit, um, I you know one of the things I wrote down when I took notes on the movie after watch watching it for the podcast is when when I first saw. The, the stories that the townspeople tell, the way that those are presented, you know, I one of the things I thought about was, and it's actually got a little bit of interesting synchronicity with uh, the Blitter Witch, is I couldn't help but think of the 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 document, the Paradise Lost documentaries, especially the first one, 
about the West Memphis Three? I did not see that. Oh, if 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 you have access, see, I think they're still on. If you have access to HBO, they should be or HBO Now or something like that. I highly recommend them. Um, okay. But yeah, the West Memphis Three was very famous uh, uh, murder story in the early '90s, and basically three teens who were just different from the uh, society that they lived in were accused of murdering three children, and they basically people got riled up because they attributed to. Satan worship and stuff like that. Uh, Joe Berlinger was one of the co-directors on it, and he actually is the director of the Blair Witch sequel that came out the, oh, the year later from Blair Witch Project. Uh, but yeah, okay. if you haven't seen the Paradise Lost documentaries, uh, there there ended up being three of them, and they basically charted the entire uh, story of uh, the West, West Memphis 3, they should be on um, HBO Now or HBO Go's streaming service. They're absolutely fascinating uh, documentaries. But, um, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but think about that. And uh, because of the fact that it's it's such an old... It's, it's a very small town, uh, rural, rural area... And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you basically are hearing these characters in Blair Witch talk about, like, myths, and they're, they're talking about, they're are talking about scary things in the context of, um, you know, how they view the world and how they view society. And it's like, that was, that's, that's one of the things that was kind of interesting to me rewatching it is that I, I, uh, you know, I couldn't help but think of those documentaries. But um Oh, for when so that's when you you couldn't help but think about those documentaries when you were watching Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um interesting. And, and it you know, if you if you watch especially the first one, which is the most uh which is the most comprehensive about the case in general, I think you'll kind of see where I'm coming from with that. Um yeah. but it's it's one of those this this is such the the way this movie is built and the way it's structured, given the way the it was filmed, is it's such a testament to the filmmakers, the actors that made it that it's as successful as it is. I really do think this movie, even when you know the fact that this is in fact a narrative, it's not a documentary, it's not something that actually happened. It still holds up really well. And the reason right. it holds Absolutely. up really well was because it's more than just, oh, we we sent actors with camera we're having actors with cameras go into some place. It's not what it is. Right. It it's it, it's not what it starts out. It starts out as a documentary about the fictional Blair Witch, and then it becomes a documentary. It then it kind of becomes a documentary about these these characters getting lost in the woods. And the fact right. that it makes that switch is so effortless mm-hmm. in the way it's and and it's just such a wonderful piece of storytelling trickery. It it's just with a flip of a switch, it just changes from one thing to another. 
and that's that's one of the reasons Agreed. that the Blair Witch holds up as well as it does. One of the most underrated films of all time, <laughs> regardless of genre. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I the thing is, it's like you, you know, it, it's one of those words. Like I think it's more underrated now. I think I think people when people came when it came out, people lost their shit for it. But right. it's but now that it's. But over the years, you know, with the backlash over of found footage and all that and the parodies that came afterwards, it's like, to a certain extent, it did become underrated. And so now it's I, like, it, it, it holds up very well. In terms of, um, I, I, I think not in terms of, I'm not saying overrated in terms of buzz, because you're right, it, it was... Yeah, it was everywhere. It was the talk of everything. But I, I don't think the filmmaking gets an upgrade. And as we're talking now, yeah. you know, um, I would, and I, I would think, agree with that. I, I would agree okay. with that because it's, yeah. it's, it's a movie that it's, it's very simple. It's, it's a very simple idea. It's a very simple execution. Execution, right? That which is hard. Which it, is hard it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a slow burn that it's 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 really I I love slow burn horror. I I love movies that just gradually build up and build up and build up and it's like and that's because of the fact that you get to know the characters. You get to know the situation that are in and this movie really and so by the time things really start to happen in the movie you really get the impression that these characters are fucked. Like they're yeah. done. Like they're never getting out of there. It's like you, you they, really. At, yeah. At some point they realize they're not, they're not coming out of there. Yeah. And that's, and you're watching the audience. Guess what? We're not let out of there either. So, yeah. You know? and, and that's why that's, that, it's and, fascinating. And, and that's why that scene in the tent with Heather saying, I'm so sorry this has happened. I'm, I, I'm responsible for all of it. You know, that was yeah. parodied so hilariously, I'll admit, in Scary Movie yeah. is so effective because of the fact right. that it's like, even if you're not really a fan of the characters at the beginning, you empathize with them by the time they get to the end. Right. And that's the most right. important thing. And then, they, and then speaking of the end, Brian, is that is that, that ending uh, perhaps is people's, I would, I'm going to just assume that that's the most, that's the part that people have the issue, the both issues with. I don't know what they were expecting. Yeah, because um, I mean, it's we like we've talked about. It's completely telegraphed in the, in the what people are saying at the beginning of the movie before they go into the woods. There's kid. They mentioned kid. They mentioned getting in a corner. Yeah, facing the. Oh my god! So that's a payoff. But I guess people were, you know, you wanted you wanted something more, and I think it's getting with the movie that you got less. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, that was that was kind of the problem with the reboot uh, a couple of years ago, where it's like it kind of it kind of went for a little bit more of the scene than the unseen. And I still like the reboot, but it's not quite as it's it's not quite as effective. 
And the and that yeah, that ending is something where it's like it you know exactly where it's going to go even if you don't necessarily realize until it gets there. Right. Um I would be Yeah. And it, when you enter that when you enter there a creepy ass uh house. Yeah. Which <laughs> why why wouldn't you go in there? I mean let's let's be clear. Why wouldn't you go in there? It's a lovely house. <laughs> For the record, I'm not going in there, bro. Oh, no, neither am I. Long I've been but, but, the <laughs> thing is, but the thing is, it's like you do understand why the characters go in there because it's the first sign of civilization they've seen in a few days. Correct. And they also are lured in there because they hear Josh. And that's one of the things that I really kind of love because of the fact that, that is they use they use like the characters in the yelling in the distance and stuff like that. And you, you, you expect to see Josh at some point in that, in that scene and you never do. So it makes you wonder, it's like, so what is going on here? And yeah, what uh, happened to Josh? Yeah. (laughs) Cause I mean, cause it looks like they go through the entire house. So, where was he? Yeah, what and, happened to Josh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I did. Yeah, and I, that. Yeah, so you were you were not you were not disappointed. You're not one of those people who claims to be disappointed with the way it ended. No, I I wasn't, and I I think being as close up in the theater kind of helped that because of the fact that it's one of those things where no, because again they. They basically tell you how it's going to end, and I it was just the experience. The experience of watching that movie for the first time, and I think I saw it a few times in theaters. Um, okay. Because I, I watch movies uh, over and over more regularly then, because I didn't have quite as many responsibilities. But um, the the fact is, it's like you, you see where that movie's going and i i like the way that ends because of the fact that it circles back to everything that was established in the beginning of the movie and Mm -hmm. ultimately it's that's that's why that's why this movie really deserves the credit should get is that the fact that they told a story and it wasn't just oh we're gonna have a bunch of kids going to the woods we're gonna act like scary things happen to them, that's it. That wasn't it right. for this movie. And I think that's it's it's a tribute to them that they they made it as effective as they did. Correct. I agree. Um camera is hit after we see Josh we have uh, in the corner. That was so weird to see one doing that. No, it was Mike. And then it was Mike in the corner. Not Mike, not Josh, it was Mike. Yeah. Yeah, it was Mike. Uh, with the hat on in the in yes. the uh, lumber the uh, the lumberjack sort of uh, sweatshirt yeah and uh, yeah head face down and then boom mm-hmm. <laughs> the camera down in the movie yeah <laughs> I think it was effective I think it was effective and then I, me and my boy drove home after that because we were like oh boy where are we <laughs> <laughs> we're in the woods yeah <laughs> so. 
I'll never forget that night. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, and I definitely I mean this was this was in the afternoon when I saw it and it's like it still freaked me the hell out. Um <laughs> I, I couldn't help but think I couldn't I couldn't think of anything else after watching it. It's like on the way home. Um or on the way no, it was on the way home because yeah, I was at home for uh, the summer. Um, I I would be remiss if a, a friend of mine uh, brought this up and I have to bring it up. So evidently, um, evidently, especially that year, uh, hunting seasons were kind of ruined for a lot of people because people were going into the woods with cameras, making their own movies. Oh my god! And so and so, it's like hunters are like, oh, I don't want to, sh- don't want to accidentally shoot, shoot anybody. And so, but yeah, they 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 made uh from my friend Marv wanted to make sure that I put that little plug in on uh no, they, on this. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Marv. Nothing, <laughs> uh, nothing more annoying than you trying to hunt and, and people in there trying to make their version of Blair Witch. <laughs> Filmmakers all over the, the all over the country. Yeah, <laughs> trying exactly. To, trying to trying to make their hundred and fifty million. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, boy, uh, Princeton! I uh, thank you very much for joining me today on uh, to yeah, discuss dude. the Blair Witch, and we we covered a lot of ground. And I mean, part of it is because of the fact that from a narrative standpoint, there isn't a whole lot to say about the Blair Witch Project, and so much of the discussion is about things like the marketing and stuff like that. The marketing. But it really yeah. does boil down to the the experience of the Blair Witch yes. Project, and the experience at the time of the Blair Witch Project is something that kind of gets forgotten to a certain extent, and mm-hmm. it's it helps that the movie remains as effective as it is. It does. Uh, you can make the, like we said earlier, it's, uh, it, it may be one of those things that's 80%, it's, it's 20% movie and uh, 80% marketing. And yeah. uh, that has a place in, in, in movies because we both left scared. So, I mean, yep. even if you were to take the marketing out of it, right? Yeah. Uh, it, the, the marketing perhaps got our interest, like you said, and, and, and perhaps... Um, uh, got us in the theater, uh, and and and, but I also think that the marketing had us curious if what we were going to watch was had a tinge of reality. To yeah, it. Uh, and and that, and we were prepared for that when we walked in. Mm-hmm. So, again, eighty percent marketing, and uh, I hope I hope young filmmakers uh, really study study what they did and study what some of the other references that we that we gave on other films. Uh, that use marketing as well, and also don't forget the upper footage. Uh, um, it, the, 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 it's only available in Vimeo. <laughs> okay, you're not going to find the upper footage. It's not on iTunes. It's not on Amazon. <laughs> it's only available for stream rental on Vimeo. Okay. So, okay. Uh, whether you like the movie or not, really dig up the the backstory. It's unbelievable. They Entertainment Tonight got involved, and this kid, unknown did this with marketing online and uh so it reminded me of Blair Witch. Okay. Yeah, definitely uh check that out. But yeah, thank you for uh joining me today. And thank you for Thanks. uh joining me this year to uh talk about nineteen ninety nine. And we covered 
uh, some 1999 films when uh, we were talking about 2050. So uh, mm-hmm. this this was just such a this was such a year for movies. I was thinking, man, you got to do 99. Maybe you you have me questioning. I'm like, is this perhaps you can make an argument? If I know that probably it probably won't check out, but you can make an argument for it being the greatest year until. Until, of course, you bring up something from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, it's, you know, the golden years. Uh, you can, the 70s was the golden age, so that probably was that's probably going to beat it. But right. I'd be curious to, to, I know that you in the future are going to think of more years. And mm. uh, I'm, I definitely want to see which, which year uh, that you pick and, and we can compare to this year yeah. in the future. Okay. So thanks yeah. for having me on again, man. It's always fun uh, talking to you. And yeah, um, uh, thanks for having me. No problem. I'd like to thank Princeton for joining me today. And check out our episode on Summer of Sam, as well as my interviews with him and Brian Ackley on Alienated and 2050, which is uh, Princeton's most recent movie. I'm actually going to be doing an audio commentary for 2050 that's going to be appearing on the film's DVD release, which is currently slated for January 14th, 2020. And that's it for the October Horror Month of the Song Cinema Podcast Class of 1999 series. I hope you enjoyed it. Coming up is going to be a Fast and Furious two months. Uh, It's going to be extremely busy. And I hope we uh, get a chance to <coughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the lineup because it includes Paul Thomas Anderson, Anthony Minghella, um, Chris Smith, uh, Doug Lyman, James Mangold, Hayao Miyazaki, Oliver Stone. Harold Ramis. It's, it's going to be an amazing lineup. David Lynch. And this this is where we are really going to see a lot of big powerhouses. I mean, we've already seen a ton for the class of 1999. Uh, we're going to see a lot of the big ones come up. And it's going to be an interesting uh, set of discussions. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, that's it for me. Check me out on patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema to join the discussion and to get exclusive content. I recently posted something on comparing the two versions of it. I also have different um, ideas bouncing around my head as far as revisiting the Star Wars films for the release of The Rise of Skywalker that I'm looking to do. And that's it for me. Thank you very much. This is Brian Scuttle, and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Mm-hmm.